Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We have our producer, Mike, hanging out. He just turned off his camera, so we can't see him. Hope all is well, everybody. Hope you had a good Sunday. No bye weeks this week, so we got a, we had a ton of football today. A lot of stuff going yeah. on. A lot of tough decisions going into today. You know, it, it's, it sucks when a lot of teams are on bye, but then when all of your players are, like, somewhat available for you, you have some tough decisions to make, and I had some tough decisions to make in my lineup. I'm sure you guys had some tough decisions to make. I think this was one of the toughest weeks, you know, so far to make decisions in terms of like who do you have and who to have in your lineup. Um, I'm sure not a lot of people had DeAndre Hopkins in their lineup this week after <laughs> you know based on what's going on, but we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. Um, but let's start with another guy who has just been on an absolute tear, dude. AJ Brown. This continues yeah. to get it done in a huge way. Eight catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. The matchup was there. He came through. He was your wide receiver one for the week, Zach. Uh, he's the yeah. first wide receiver ever 
to have 125 or more receiving yards for six straight games. This guy cannot be stopped right now. One of the best picks in fantasy this year. Uh, I remember people laughing at me when I was taking AJ Brown in the first round uh, of, of drafts like this this year. It, it was kind. Of, I just right. remember that it was kind of funny. Um, and, and, and you know, coming into this week, we said that if Devonte Smith can't come through in this matchup, we won't know what to do. But he came through. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he caught all seven <laughs> of his targets for ninety nine yards and a touchdown. Uh, Julio Jones also caught a, caught a touchdown in this game. That was his only catch of the game. But uh, just an interesting nugget there. Don't pick him up or anything. But. You know this. This you know this could be an opportunity to move on from Demont- Devonte Smith if you want to, if you want to capitalize on a big game, because you know it's really the AJ Brown show at this point, isn't it? Yeah, it's the AJ Brown show, and I like you mentioned, I had him as my fantasy wide receiver one. He wasn't the fantasy wide receiver one this week, but it was definitely worthy of that type of performance. He had two touchdowns. That's all you could ask for, and that one one hander on the side, just freaking ridiculous. It just seems like anytime Jalen Hurts throws the ball up, it's like that 15, 20, 25 yard, just over to the sideline, right by the pylon. It's just, he's going to come down with it every time. It's automatic. But it's crazy because he only has five scores this season. You know, those five scores came across three separate games. That's it. So he's got three touchdowns over the past two. That number could continue to go up. And I think what we've seen these past two weeks, the scoring of the touchdowns, is something that could happen, you know, more and more moving forward. We might see. He's, I mean, he's been on a tear, but this production is sustainable the way that he's producing. And you mentioned about Devin, uh, Devontae Smith. I think this is definitely a good time to sell him. I'm not holding on to him at all. Not only did he have that performance, like you mentioned, that it's actually like something where you'd be like, okay, I can sell with this. He had just he had 99 yards, just under 100 yards, and that touchdown. Like, you're not going to be able to sell him. You weren't able to sell him last week. Now you're going to be able to sell him this week. Don't bank on it happening again. The fact that he was able to do it this week with A.J. Brown scoring two touchdowns, it's completely against the odds performance. I'm not buying that Devontae Smith is here to stay. We talked about it this past week, how A.J. Brown, he's just been on a new level. Like, the target shares aren't even close to what we saw last season. It's a completely different offense. So I, I think A.J. Brown, you know, he's not going to allow Devontae Smith to live in wide receiver one land, you know, much longer. But I also had Devontae Smith. I think it was my wide receiver 13 on the week. And I know you said something about that on the podcast. We were going through over our matchups. It was a good matchup against the car, the, the commanders, and he came through. I'm happy for him, but I like you, like you mentioned, I'm definitely moving off him if, if I haven't. One hundred percent, man. And, and you know, I, I talked about Sam Howell as one of my starts this week. He ended up throwing for 397 yards and four touchdowns. You know, he is a quarterback who you know might not put up a lot of wins in the actual NFL win column, but he can put up some big fantasy numbers, right? Any given week and. You know he's going to be he's going to end up being one of the top quarterbacks this week. Let me see where he's ranked so far he's among quarterbacks. Right he is now. number one. He is number one right now, right over Josh <laughs> Allen and Dak Prescott. Um, so he's gonna you know he's he's gonna he's likely going to finish this week as QB one potentially. Um, you know unless listen, man. You know we have you know Tyson Badger going tonight, so like you never know. You never <laughs> can't know. rule it out. Um, I mean, we just will let us do it. So like, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, man. Limited experience that come through, but Sam Howell, over the past three weeks, he has four top eight finishes. Like that's the upside you're chasing when you put him in your lineup, and we talked about that. He's not this play where you're gonna be like confident in him every single week, where it's like, okay, he's gonna have a good fantasy floor for me. But when he hits that ceiling, which he's done these past three weeks, past four weeks, like this is really awesome stuff. Like he's a QB one, definitely right now. He's worth it. He's just not as solid as other quarterback QB ones. Like obviously, I'm not going to compare him to Jalen Hurts, but you have other quarterbacks that get it done on a weekly basis. 
Sam Howell's right up there. Like you gotta give him his flowers here. He's not somebody that's you know QB two. It's like maybe, maybe he hits that upside. He's hitting it more often than not. So I, that was a really good call on Sam Howell coming in this one. He played well. Um, he had you know like one or two like game defining mistakes. You know in this game. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it ended up coming down to. You know because the game was close throughout. Um, and yeah. Jahan Dotson, you know, starting to finally show something, <laughs> right? Eight catches for 108 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets after everybody, including myself, dropped his ass. McLaurin had a solid game as well on 12 targets, but eight targets last week for Dotson, 10 this week. Uh, things are looking a little bit better for Dotson. You know, can we trust him or was this just a good matchup, right? That's the question. Uh, he's right. very talented, right? Obviously, like, I think he's extremely talented. I think he's a, definitely a buy in Dynasty. Um but, you know, hoping that this is the start for something, you know, of something for Dotson, you know, it is worth noting that Jameson Crowder also had a big game, you know, seven for 95 and a touchdown because Curtis Samuel ended up leaving with a toe injury. Um, you know, he, he was already dealing with a foot coming coming into the game. Uh, Curtis Samuel was, um, you know, maybe this will end up being meaning more opportunity for Dotson moving forward. But. It mm-hmm. also looks like Howell just loved targeting his slot receiver, like whoever it is, right? Like, given yeah. Crowder got all these looks today. And, and a good matchup, too, like you mentioned. Like, I was expecting them to do pretty well. And Jahan Dotson, he came through. And Terry McLaurin, he had 12 targets. I'm not worried about Terry McLaurin. He still played very well. He had that touchdown early. It looked like he was going to be on his way to a bigger day than he actually had. But overall, like, you just have to be happy about this. I don't know where Jamison Crowder came from. I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> but another thing that was interesting to me, you know, we talked about Brian Robinson and Chris Rodriguez. Or this past week, Chris Rodriguez didn't get a touch. <laughs> it was hilarious. And now Brian yeah. Robinson, he's just, I mean, and it was, a, it was a neutral game script. You know, it was just a lot of passing for some reason with Sam Howell, but Brian Robinson, you know, when they were running the ball, it was, it was Brian Robinson. He also had two targets, Antonio Gibson, obviously he was receiving back like he, he has been, but I, I just found that interesting because suddenly Chris Rodriguez off the heels of probably his best performance as a pro, obviously it's not that much. I expected him to have some run here. And he didn't. He didn't get any of it. So that's something to monitor. Brian Robinson still had. Brian Robinson still had a quiet day, but I'm not, you know, overlooking the fact that he was the lead back here. He could still be a, a high RB three, low RB two moving forward. Maybe last week was just an apparition. Who knows? Yep, 100. Uh, percent That was fun though with Chris Rodriguez. He played zero snaps in this game. <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really liked Nico Collins this week. Uh, he didn't come through. Uh, but this Texans offense, man, just didn't show up. This might have been C.J. Stroud's worst game as a pro. Only 140 yards passing. Not what you want to see. I had Tank Dell outside my top 36 wide receivers this week, but you know I did like him as an upside flex play uh, in this matchup. And the Panthers defense just came through. I'm going to continue to start Collins as a wide receiver too moving forward. But, you know, I, and I think they should bounce back next week against Tampa. Uh, but this was definitely a, you know, a little bit of a uh, disappointing performance, I'd say. Very disappointing. And I don't know what was going on with the Texans offense because I was expecting them to be a lot better than they were. Like Noah Brown came back and suddenly the whole balance in the Texans wide receiver room was completely thrown off. But that's because we've seen the Texans hyper target their top guys. You know, Tank Dell was earning targets. Nico Collins was earning targets. The guys that were supposed to be earning targets were getting them. And the guys that weren't, weren't getting the targets. But suddenly now you come back, you have four pass catchers with between four and six targets this game. You know, Nico Collins obviously led the team with six, but it was a just well-distributed target distribution with C.J. Stroud, but it only amounted to 140 yards. 
I think that's what happens when you start throwing it to guys like Noah Brown a lot. And when you start throwing it to guys that shouldn't be getting the ball a whole lot. Also, we talked about Dalton Schultz, maybe. I put it in the newsletter, and I, you and I talked about it coming in the week. Like Tank Dell coming back uh, could affect uh, Dalton Schultz coming in this matchup. Dalton Schultz had two catches for five yards. So that's, that was interesting. The whole offense was off. You know, I'm going to give them a mulligan here. CJ Stroud did salvage his fantasy day. It wasn't a complete egg in your lineup because he had that rushing touchdown. But man, it, it was just gross. So yeah, I'm not worried about Nico Collins. I think Tank Dell still is that upside play that we talked about him being moving forward. But outside of that, you know, there's not really anybody in the receiving core for the Texans I'm interested in starting on a weekly basis. Nico Collins still had a 25% target share in this game. You know, not super worried about him. If Tank Dell ends up getting dropped in your league, I, I would go ahead and scoop him right back up. Okay. Yeah. Um, we were wondering about this Texans backfield coming into this week, right? It was, in fact, a 50-50 split between Pierce and Singletary. Mike Boone was getting snaps here and there. Okay. Blah. <laughs> but despite, yeah. you know, despite the good matchup, this was a really good matchup, obviously, against the Panthers coming in on the ground. Neither of these guys could come through with only 11 opportunities for each of them. Probably want to stay away from this backfield right now if this continues to be this type of split and if they can't make it happen, you know, against the Panthers' run defense, right? Yeah. On the other side of the ball, the big takeaway, I think, from, from this entire game was Chuba Hubbard seemingly taking over this Panthers' backfield. Miles Sanders yeah. practiced in full all week. They're coming off the bye. He's presumably healthy, Right. But he only had two carries on 12 total snaps. He ended up with zero total yards, zero total fantasy points. Chuba Hubbard led the backfield with 67% of snaps and 17 opportunities. He couldn't get anything going in this new role, but he's a must pick up on waivers this week if he's available, right? If you already have him, if you already picked him up, if, you, if he was already stashed on your team, I, I think he's startable as a flex play, potentially low-end RB2 in certain matchups if this role continues for him. Now, do I expect this to be like, you know, just a, a you know, a Chuba Harbor-dominated snap share for the rest of the year? Probably not. They paid Miles Sanders a ton of money, right? I think this is going to be, you know, somewhat closer to a 50-50, but that's not what we saw in this game. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward. And, and I think part of what makes it so surprising is that the Panthers were coming off their bye. Miles Sanders was supposed to be getting healthy. You know what I mean? Like, he's supposed to come back. He'd have a, a decent role here. And now suddenly, Chuba Hubbard, he dominates the snap share, like, and that, you know, the usage share, like he hasn't all season. And it's just like, this is uncharted territory for Miles Sanders. You mentioned the money that they paid him. I was expecting Miles Sanders to have at least a little bit of run in this game. He had those two carries, but I was expecting more than that. You know, the fact that Raheem Blackshear was getting more opportunities than him, it, it, it just shouldn't happen. Uh, that's the way I look at it. But Chuba Hubbard, I figured that he would be the guy in the backfield. I think that was the same thing that you said, you know, coming in, into the week. I think that he's a flex play at best here. I, I'm not trusting the Panthers offense right here outside of Adam Thielen, who also had himself a good game. He's continuing to get that target share. Awesome to see. But yeah, Chuba Hubbard, that was the primary takeaway from this game. It was just a really weird game overall because I was expecting more points. I didn't think it was going to be close. Good on the Panthers for winning. <laughs> you know, they finally got their first win, but only 28 total points between these two teams. And it's just like, I thought the Texans had way more, more opportunities. They actually squandered some opportunities in this game. Um, they're definitely better than what they played like today. So I, I yeah, wouldn't worry sure. about the Texans, but the Panthers offense, I'm not trusting them. Chuba Hubbard is a flex. That's my, that's his ceiling in my book. Yeah, and we talked about it, you know, before the bye week that Chuba was top 10 in both missed tackles forced 
uh, per attempt and yards after contact per attempt, right? You know, yeah. and to be honest with you, like Miles, Miles Sanders wasn't good, right? Like this entire season. Um, so yeah. there was a reason for this shift, but I'm wondering whether the shift will, you know, continue to the point where it did where Miles Sanders hardly saw any work, you know, in this game. Moving on. CeeDee Lamb finally coming through. Man, what a game. 14 targets, most of that damage coming in the first half. 12 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. 45% target share from Dak Prescott. This is the type of target share we want to see, okay? According to FantasyLife.com, the only other time he had a target share game of over 23% was week two when he had a 35% target share. We got to hope that this sticks. You know, I did talk about selling CeeDee Lamb a few weeks ago, right? And if you did, this one definitely stings, but you know, hoping you you got something good back. Okay, here's the thing: we saw CD's game in week two, and we said, "All right, here we go, here we go." Right? Here's, but like, here's another one of these games. We had to wait six weeks uh, to to see it happen again. Right? Will we see more consistency now? You know, will there be the same type of variance that we've seen so far moving forward? I don't know, uh, but regardless, I hope you were on the right side of CD this week. Yeah, and you can't take anything negative away from this performance, like you mentioned. You know, he had a huge day, but you're absolutely on the money about being hesitant to take C.D. Lamb back as a fantasy wide receiver one. It's like taking back an X, you know what I mean? Not that C.D. Lamb has been that bad, but you don't want to be like, okay, I can trust C.D. Lamb to get it done now. He gets this target share. It looks really good. He has his massive performance. Is this going to be a consistent weekly thing? You just don't know. We've seen the same issues come up with C.D. Lamb plenty of times before. Dallas just gets away from targeting randomly, and when they do, it's for weeks at a time. But we've also heard this story before, too, right? Like, if I told you that C.D. Lamb is averaging 39.5 fantasy points over the last two seasons in his first game after a bye, what would you say? He is. You know, Lamb had a pretty much the exact same performance against Green Bay last year coming off his bye. 11 for 150 and two touchdowns. Today, 12 for 158 and two touchdowns. That was after he averaged 14.6 points per game before the bye in 2022. Then he has that big game against Green Bay after the bye. After the bye, he averaged 20.5 points per game the rest of the way. This year, Lamb averaged 14.9 points per game in the six weeks before the bye. Comes back after the bye, 150 and two touchdowns. I'm not superstitious. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But the Cowboys look like they want to get the ball to CD Lamb. They said it. They've been talking about it. And they did it in this game. Could post by cd lamb becomes something of fantasy mythology i'm not going to rule it out and it might be the cowboys fan talking to me but i think this can continue maybe not 14 targets a game but they should definitely be getting him the ball more than they did through the first few games i, I think it can happen and we saw it before last season i'm gonna proceed with you know a little hesitant hesitant optimism if we see another game like this next week in a good matchup against the eagles if Jahan dodson can get it done cd lamb can get it done against him if it happens again next week we might have a conversation here about making him you know one of those guys that hangs around the top eight nine receivers again like we were the first few weeks of the season 100 percent, man 100 percent. um on the other side of the ball there was a split once again between darrell henderson and royce freeman in terms of both snaps and opportunities freeman has been more efficient than henderson in both games and freeman ended up getting a touchdown on one of his drives and Henderson did 
end up getting the carry before Freeman to get them down to the two yard line, but it was Freeman who ended up getting the touchdown. Henderson did save his day, you know, with a couple of catches, which ended up leading the Rams. Yes, the Rams with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Those Rams, they're all Henderson led them in receiving with 54 yards. Now, it is worth noting that Matthew Stafford suffered an injury uh, to his thumb on his throwing hand. Okay, so something to monitor for everyone who has Cup and everyone who has Puka. Um, You know, he was supposed to return to the game, you know, if. You know, if the game was closer, would he have played? I don't know, right? So that is something that's worth monitoring. If it's just a sprain, apparently he might not miss any time. But if, if there's something torn in there, he's going to potentially need surgery, and he could miss several weeks. So that wouldn't be yeah. good. So hoping that, this, that you know we get some good news on Monday. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway from the game for me. You know, obviously, Daryl Henderson came through relatively well, even though he didn't have a humongous day. But without Stafford, you know, there's going to be serious issues with Cup and Nakua moving forward. Hopefully, it's nothing long-term, like you mentioned. It was a weird sequence in-game because he suffered the injury. He, you know, he had it before halftime. But then he came out in the second half, and I, he played a drive. And then he was out the rest of the way. So that was weird. So there are issues to be sorted through when Ben Skoranek is the top fantasy scorer in a wide receiver room that has Cup and Nakua. Dallas did a good job. It was a tough matchup coming in for both of these receivers, Cup and Nakua, but neither of them came through at all for you today. I, I'm not a big fan of what I've seen from Matthew Stafford. It looked like it was going, it looks like it's going to be something that might last a little while. It's going to hurt the prospects of your two fancy wide receivers in the Rams. So I, I'm not a fan of it, but you know, hopefully he can come back. If Matthew Stafford's back within a week or two, I'm not worried about um, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com SportsFan and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Guys, you, you, you have to go check out our website and, and what we have going on there. Um, our weekly waiver wire rankings go up on Mondays. 
Uh, Tyler has his up like super early. He might even have it up tonight on Sunday night. Um, those are up tomorrow. I will also have my waiver wire article with fab recommendations. So if you're looking for who to pick up this week, how much fab to spend, all that will be up on our website at upperhandfantasy.com. The main thing I wanted to highlight was that Zach is going to be putting out um, his you know newsletter that he does every single day on Monday morning at 9 a.m. You're going to get that Eastern time in your inbox for free, and you get that every single day, okay? Just like the stuff that he just talked about with CeeDee Lamb. Right, his the post buy, uh, you know, you know potential allure with CD Lamb is that going to become a thing now? Where CD Lamb CD is like, Lamb the, oh, yeah. Once the the buy hits, CD Lamb, like I'm sure that's going to be in your newsletter. Is oh it yeah, not? that's definitely going to be the stat of that. It's already in works. <laughs> I'm there you go. It in there. So there'll be, there'll be a cool graphic with it. You know, it you'll get that in your inbox. And I put stuff out like that every day. And then if you, I don't know if you got it today. If you're listening to this, it would be yesterday. I put out the newsletter, and there was Brock Purdy with an Iron Man helmet on because apparently he's Iron Man and he can pass a concussion protocol in four days and come back. Now, granted, <laughs> he didn't look very good, but just saying, that, that was impressive. So there's all kinds of little stuff in there that you'll enjoy. I enjoy putting it together, so I hope that everybody that's listening and reads it enjoys it too. And it comes every single day, so you can count on it every morning. So if you want to sign up for that, scroll down at upperhandfantasy.com. On the homepage, all the way to the bottom, add your email, and you will get those for free in your, in your inbox every single day. Okay, go check it out. Brutal, brutal, brutal injury for the Vikings, man. Kirk Cousins has torn his Achilles. Yes, I'm serious. This is not good. Terrible. They're 4-4 four and four now. No Kirk the rest of the way. This definitely hurts all of these Vikings pass catchers. Addison, Hawkinson, both having a wonderful year. Justin Jefferson, you know, he was supposed to come back. The question now, do the Vikings ever shut down Jefferson? You know, I think it's a legit question, right, with this injury. The thing is, like, their current record is going to allow us some breathing room, right? Like, they're not just throwing in the towel right now. You know, if they had two right. wins, right, if they're like two and six, sure. But these guys, you know, they're going to potentially play these guys, right, like for the foreseeable future, I think, because of their record, right? Um, I think you have to downgrade Addison. You have to downgrade Jefferson. You have to downgrade Hawkinson, right? Um, and, and, like, I don't know, man. Like, even if Jefferson comes back, I, I don't think he's the wide receiver one the rest of the way, you know, even if he stays healthy. Like, you can't tell me that he becomes a better play than guys like A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, potentially, right? You know, and look at how Joe Burrow looked today. Like, he looked way better, and we'll get to that. But this is a situation where th this, is not, this is not good for anybody on this no. Vikings team. And you drafted Justin Jefferson 101, but – I think the rest of the way, he's not going to come through for you as the one-on-one. No, he can't. And that's not his fault either. And that's what sucks. And it's not Kirk Cousins' fault either. He was having a great season. But just for me, if you, it sucks that Kirk Cousins went down. But I think the reality of the situation now, the Vikings, they're going to be a really tough watch on offense the rest of the season without Kirk Cousins. Because Kirk Cousins was everything for them. Minnesota was living and dying by the passing game. Now they don't have that to lean on anymore. You know, it was a good run for Jordan Addison as a fantasy wide receiver one. Past two weeks, he's been on fire, but that's going to go out the window at this point. You know, Jefferson might be able to overcome the quarterback situation a little bit easier, a little bit better than Jordan Addison. But I think you're right about him not contending with the Tyreek Hills and A.J. Browns of the world when he does come back. Like Minnesota scored their first rushing touchdown in the season today. <laughs> you know, that tells you they weren't relying at all on the run game. They were completely one dimensional. They needed Kirk. And so did a lot of fantasy managers. And it sucks to see him goes down. 
and it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins is gone. Vikings offense is going to be pretty bad, if you ask me. And that's just my honest forecast for, for what we're seeing. Like Jordan Addison, he's good, but I don't think he's to a point in his career yet where he's Justin Jefferson-esque and he can overcome that type of change at quarterback. You have to think that maybe blowing it all up, starting new, could be on the table this offseason for the Vikings. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle it because now Kirk Cousins, there were talks about him being traded. Now you don't even have to think about that anymore. No one's going to trade for him. <laughs> so what do you do if you're the Vikings at this point? I think the biggest question, like you mentioned, is what happens? Do the uh, Vikings just mail it in the rest of the season? I don't know. I hope not, but you're right. I think we have a couple weeks here where there's going to be serviceable fantasy performances. But after that, it gets a little hairy. Yeah, man. Um, listen, I, I'd be trying to sell these guys if you can, you know, to get anywhere. If you can, if you think you can get anywhere close to their value, um, you know, you know, coming into this game, right? I would try to do that. If you can, like in most leagues, you won't be able to. But some people might still want Addison on their team or Hawkinson on their team if they need a tight end, right? I would be right. trying to sell. Now, you know, I like Jaron Hall, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hmm. But, like, he won't be able to keep these guys all propped up for fantasy. Okay? So, just saying. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne was having a, a solid fantasy day before he hurt his knee in the fourth quarter. The hope is that it's not an ACL, but he'll have an MRI on Monday to see the, Monday to see the extent of the injury. In the meantime, I think Demario Douglas should be picked up. I don't know what it is about this kid, Zach, but every time I watch him play, like he just passes the eye test for me, right? He's yeah. also getting targeted at a twenty-five percent, uh, you know, route uh, per rate per route run. That's what I'm trying to say here. Uh, he ended up leading the yeah. team in catches and targets this week. The offense sucked, but we might be able to find some fantasy value here if Bourne misses time. You know, I, I, I don't know. Whenever I watch him play, he reminds me of okay. I, I, this is kind of crazy to say, okay, but his stature and his style reminds me of AB a little bit. Okay, and I'm not saying that he's Antonio Brown, but like when I watch him play, his mannerisms, and I'm sure people who watch AB kind of know what I mean. Like the mannerisms kind of reminds me of him a little bit, just because he's like a smaller dude. Uh, it seems like a good route runner. I think they right. got something in him. You know, they got him pretty late in drafts. Um, you know, just a flyer. You know, somebody you add on your roster. You know, just want to. Doesn't mean wanna, he... I throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't mean he has to be AB, but I, I think the word that, and I don't know if maybe I can characterize it for people who don't know what you're talking about with AB, but he gets the ball and he looks slippery. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't like plod around. <laughs> you know, he he can move. He's got like a twitch to him. No, no wasted movement. Also, right. That's kind of how yeah. I, what I see too. He, he he's he's in control of himself. Yeah, but I, I hear you. Like this isn't a situation <laughs> opposed to AB now, uh, who has no control. <laughs> Of himself, right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. I just like I don't know if you've seen the video of him teeing off at that one golf course. It's just freaking hilarious. He's like with one arm, yeah, he dude. chucks it as this huge yeah. divot. You could have a whole episode Nuts. on AB. That's Nuts. that's hilarious. AB was great though in his prime. So let's just say that to I, be, have dude, that. Conversion. I have, I have Antonio Brown. Uh, I have an assigned jersey, framed jersey in my office. Okay, I have a, a I have I have a lot of Antonio Brown memorabilia because like he won me a lot of fantasy championships straight up. That's sick. That's awesome. what it is. But, but yeah, <laughs> but but back to Douglas Quick recenter for just a second here. Sorry, you know, sorry. I, no, you're fine. But I'm just saying, like I, I'm not starting Douglas. It's not like suddenly, and it's gonna be no. tough to rebut this after we just talked about comparing him to AB. <laughs> 
but <laughs> you're not starting Douglas in any capacity larger than you were starting Bourne in. You know, he's going to be a flex play at best. Bourne was actually pretty reliable on fantasy teams, though, and it's going to be interesting to see what Mac Jones does without Bourne because he was like his go-to guy. But there's potential with Douglas. Just don't go blowing up your fab budget on him. If he's on your waiver no. wire, you don't have to throw all this fab at him because we're making this comparison. You know, obviously, just... It, <laughs> It's so tough telling you not to do that. We just you just compared him to AB. It's hilarious. I'm going to ask but, our producer Mike to uh, name this episode uh, the next AB question mark. <laughs> nice little yeah. clickbait there. Oh my god, for, that's going to uh, be great. <laughs> that's yeah. going to work out really well. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he did. You know, all, all all joking aside, he did lead the Patriots in routes run in this game. Um, you know, it, it could be could, could be a little something something. You know, for you to yeah. just grab on the waiver wire for cheap. That's all. Not nothing. Um. Yeah. 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 Alvin Kamara. Yet another amazing game for him. Only four catches, but you know, took it fifty-one yards receiving, right, and a touchdown. Uh, we talked about the Colts not being able to contain these running backs in the receiving game. Uh, Kamara ended up with a touchdown through the air and on the ground, and of course, Taysom Hill had to steal some rushing touchdowns away. Two of them. Okay. He he only had yeah. one catch, so he didn't really play tight end. I mean, he did run run some routes, but he had nine carries in this game. You know, Jawan Johnson was back right at tight end as your lead tight end but Taysom Hill is like one of the most random fantasy plays like as soon as you throw him in your lineup he might not come through but like what do you do with Taysom like do you just have him in your like throw him in your roster you know throw him in your lineup un until this stops because he can easily go back to being a non-factor at some point which we've seen in the past where like there'll be like a three-week window where he like absolutely kills it you throw him in your lineup and then he's like a non-factor for the rest of the season like I'm not yeah. sure I can trust him despite the way that he's been scoring yeah, I'm not trusting him at all. And sorry, like what we've seen from him the past three weeks looks really good. He has three straight top six tight end finishes, you know, weekly finishes at the tight end position. Good for him. But we know what happens with Taysom Hill, like you outlined. The highs are really high with Hill because 11 points out of a tight end nowadays feels like striking gold. But the lows, they've been demonstrably low too. I mean, we know that Taysom Hill is going to have a game where he does nothing at some point. <laughs> you know, he's going to get like one carry and one target and that's it like he's not going to have this type of workload every single week i'm not dealing with the headache you can roster him sure but you're not going to be able to rely on him on a weekly basis i don't like dealing with that i'm never going to spend another roster spot on Taysom hill again unless he keeps doing this for a long period of time like your trust is completely violated with Taysom hill you're never going to be able to have that full trust with him and that's not a bad thing you know he's that boom bust type player i just don't want to deal with that right now and if you had Taysom Hill in your lineup this week, great. But Kamara, like you mentioned too, just to hit on him, opposite of Taysom Hill right now. He's just completely on fire. And he should have had a bigger day, like you mentioned, because Taysom Hill shouldn't be getting all those carries, especially over Alvin Kamara in those situations. Kamara, even when he's running the ball, like we talked about his ability to um, catch the ball. But after the catch, after contact, like he he's on fire. He looked really good today. Was he good after contact today in the run game? Eye test tells me that. Now, okay. the stats might not, but on his two touchdowns, he was running through guys. The one yeah. was a catch, and the other one was a run. But both of them, from like they were from like 10 or 11 yards out, and he ran five or six yards through contact to get through it. So maybe not. He, it might not show he, up in the stats, but he was great. Listen, man, he, 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 he's, he has these special plays, you know, all the time, and he shows it. So yep. it's good to see it, though, for sure. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, 
you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with better vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is better vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right, so if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds, uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side comparison all on one screen within one app, and then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O, so B-E-T-T-O-R vision in the app store today your weekly jonathan taylor workhorse check you know uh, i'm checking now uh and no he's not a workhorse yet zach moss (laughs) is banged up all week okay and these these dudes still split opportunities 50 50 um zach moss ended up with the goal line touchdown okay the fact that moss is out snapping jt in short yardage and goal line situations perplex me okay when is it going to happen for jt zach is it going to happen i have no idea I think it's going to happen. Let's just preface the whole conversation here with that. It's going to happen at some point, but for some reason, like I, I thought this would be the week that we finally saw him take over and it looked like he was going to because Zach Moss, he was actually questionable coming into the game, but that was flipped on his head in this one. Like, I don't know if you noticed and maybe it was just me because there wasn't a whole lot on Twitter about it, but I did dig it up. Taylor, he was actually a little hobbled after one of the plays in like late second quarter. And they actually mentioned that on the broadcast. I think they said like Jonathan Taylor came up a little gimpy. And Moss was in after that, you know? Now, I don't want to say that was a complete, you know, shift in the carries because Moss was in for handfuls of plays at a time. Even before that, it was like chunks. And they were almost like doing it like, okay, you get your drive. Now you get two drives. Now the next guy gets one drive. And then it's back to Moss, back to Taylor. It's all over the place. So I'm still waiting for that to change. At this point, your guess is as good as mine when it's going to happen. But I have faith that Taylor's going to have a handle on things soon enough, even after this game. Because, again, and the Colts are an interest, interesting organization, so I guess I can't put it past them. But who pays a running back all that money and doesn't give him a workhorse role? I, I, I don't know. Maybe they're like thinking we can preserve him so he's not going to be completely run out like Saquon Barkley is going to be after today's game. <laughs> you know, Maybe they'll preserve him because they have him on that long-term contract anymore, which is possible. But that's a lot of speculation right now. I think eventually Jonathan Taylor is going to get there, and it should be in these next few weeks. But we've been saying that since he's been back. Yeah, he only had a couple of opportunities in the second half. It seems like there was a potential injury, and if anything, it was an ankle. Um, so just monitor that. Uh, he did have all the 12 carries that he did get uh, or 12 touches that he get that did get in the first half. I mean, overall in this game, happened in the first half. Okay, yeah. so uh, that's something to monitor here. You know, that's probably why this ended up happening. So that's a good call, Zach, on that one. Um, Darren Waller ended up hurting his hamstring earlier in this game. It was almost like <laughs> something in, uh, inevitable <laughs> for Darren Waller. Like it feel, at least it feels like that now. Uh, yeah. But be prepared to be without him next week. Uh, you know, he's an older guy uh, with a hamstring strain who's had a lot of history with hamstring strains. So just, just, I would say just worry about that. That's what I would say. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't even say like just, just look out for it. I would just say just be worried. Um, also, the Giants better hope that Daniel Jones is back next week, and it doesn't seem like he is going to be back next week because Tyrod Taylor might have suffered broken ribs. He had to go straight to the hospital after being taken out of the game. Uh, Tommy DeVito, 
came in as their third string quarterback and they hardly threw the ball after that. Saquon Barkley literally had 36 carries in this game. Uh, great way to get him hurt again. Uh, but yeah. the game was close and the Jets ended up pulling off, pulling pulling the game off late in a miraculous way. Okay. The Jets are four and three. Okay. Let's fuck go. Okay. <laughs> the Jets, we're going to make the playoffs and Rodgers is going to come back and we're going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Jets, okay. Cowboys, Super Bowl. It's coming. <laughs> no, I didn't victory lap the Cowboys game. You know, so it's fine. Uh, I'll, I'll just say that. Jets, Cowboys, Super Bowl. But yeah, this was a ridiculous game. Like, I knew it was going to be messy, <laughs> but not this messy. Like, look, just do me so a favor. Bad. Anybody who's listening or right now, or even you, Faraz, right now, I'm talking about this. Look at the game, like the box score for the Giants game. There's three targets to receivers. <laughs> two yeah. targets Darren Waller how many times Di- did they even throw the ball At six times seven times <laughs> something like that I don't know but and when they were throwing the ball when they were throwing the ball it was I mean this is after Tyra Taylor was out it was like exclusively behind the line of scrimmage if you were you were watching the game right did yeah. you see that last sequence I think it was the last drive um or the second last drive very late in the game the Giants had the ball they ran the same behind the line <laughs> pass play to Saquon Barkley Two times in a row, both times for losses. And it's like, I get having a short leash with a guy named Tommy DeVito coming in at quarterback, but you're not going to let him throw past the line of scrimmage? Like, that's exactly how you lose the game. Good for the Jets. <laughs> you know, the Gi- they, they won the game, but the Giants' offense is in total shambles. I, I don't know what to think. If it's not Daniel Jones next week, you can't start any of these pass catchers. And this isn't a Will Levis situation. <laughs> uh, it's exactly. Just, it's just disgusting what we saw. Not that you're really planning on doing that anyway, even if Daniel Jones was back. But now that Waller's out, there is nothing going on for the Giants passing game. And Brian DeVol is just standing there in the rain like a blueberry because he's just standing there like looking up at the jumbo trying like, what are we doing? Oh, running the ball 36 times. <laughs> Saquon Barkley didn't work. I- I'm amazed they came away with 10 points. I, I couldn't believe it. It's funny, man. It, it-, it really is. Um, yeah, you cannot start any of these guys next week cannot no. um it's one. funny how we keep alluding to the titans but we're not going to talk about them until much later so it's just a little <laughs> bit of a tease throughout the yeah. episode um but you know the good the good news on the jet side though like zach wilson's getting the ball to the guys who matter right garrett yeah. wilson got 13 targets he went seven for 100 Brees hall got nine targets went six for 76 through the air with that long 50 yard touchdown so he's doing Brees hall things dude he, 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 how good does that dude look man like is there any yeah, running yeah. back who looks better than Brees hall right now Travis Etienne, maybe? Travis Etienne looks good. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, but Bruce Hall's right up there in terms of, you know, Bruce Hall's right up there in terms of, like, who's looking good, who's making big plays, right? Like, it's those three guys pretty much. Like, uh, Like, am 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 I missing somebody? No, but Brees Hall's in that category where it's like the Christian McCaffrey situation where it's like he could be even better if he was on a better team. And I'm not say, I'm not shitting on the Jets here, but we know the Jets offense is holding Brees Hall back and he's still producing. So yeah. it's just unbelievable. Something to, you know, mention right there. If, if the Jets offense like could you imagine the season Brees Hall would be having if Aaron Rodgers was playing? Oh, <laughs> I know you had that thought. And I know a lot of people have had that thought, but like it's just Don't make me think about that. Whew. Yeah, he he's he's doing great. He's doing great. He's showing us that he is that guy. So Moving forward, you don't have to worry about Brees Hall, but just, man. Brees Hall was doing it last year. Like, Brees Hall was doing it with Zach Wilson, too, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. George Pickens, he ended up with one catch in this game. It ended up being a touchdown from Mitch Trubisky with Kenny Pickett getting hurt in this game. 
Deontay Johnson ended up with 14 targets. That makes up a 33% target share. Uh, only five targets for Pickens. Uh, the one time I ranked Pickens over Deontay, maybe I should have just stuck to my guns about these two. You know, Pickett also missed Deontay on what should have been a very easy touchdown in the second quarter. Uh, so it's a rib injury for Pickett. Apparently, he could have come back in the game, but it looks like they held him out for precautionary reasons. It's possible he's back next week, uh, but we'll see. Um, oh, I want to see, you know, this wide receiver core moving forward as well. You know, yeah, coming in, no. Deontay Johnson was that dude. Into this game with George Pickens on such a tear, I'm like, you know what? Let me let me rank him above Deontay for one week. See what happens. Well, this is what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. I had the. I think I'm pretty sure I had Deontay Johnson over George Pickens, and I'm not going to victory lap that because both of them were playing very well coming into the game. At least Deontay Johnson, we knew what he was, and George Pickens was playing well. But I'm just glad that Deontay Johnson came back and he was able to remind everyone that he's that guy. He's still the target machine that we've been talking all off season about him being, and. I don't think it's going to be this drastic every week where it's like George Pickens has one catch on five targets and it's going to like, this is like the exact performance that we needed to push the stereotype that George Pickens can't earn targets with Deontay Johnson in the lineup. Like this is going to be poster board material. Uh, what's it called? Yeah. Just that type of material for anybody who's pushing that narrative. I, I think George Pickens has a better chance of holding up and, you know, and having his own role, getting those targets than he did last season. But Deontay Johnson coming back shows you that he's going to be reliable. You know, we were drafting him as wide receiver three with plenty of upside because of that target share that he was getting. And Deontay Johnson, he's earned targets from both Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. You know, he has that track record. So I'm cool with what we saw from Deontay Johnson. I don't think, like I mentioned, it's going to be this drastic, but definitely encouraging because it looks like there can be two fantasy relevant wide receivers here. Obviously, low fantasy output today. Um, against Jaguars, but I'm not out on either of these guys, even with the injury, because I don't think it's that much of a step down from Kenny Pickett to Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, no, I hear that. Uh, it, it, it's not a step down. It's not. Um, but there is some continuity there with with you know with Pickett that that, that might be good, and also some. Yeah. You know, if but you, you have Pickens, you, you know that there is a connection between Pickett and Pickens too, right? That that's been clear. Right. Yeah. Um, there's also a connection between Deontay, but like we've seen the connection with Pickens as well. Um, and so we're finally here. What a surprising performance from rookie quarterback Will Levis. 238 passing yards with four passing touchdowns, quite the debut. Uh, that led to DeAndre Hopkins catching four balls for 123 yards and three touchdowns. Hopkins was left to dead this, you know, coming into this week, you know, given the quarterback situation. But it looks like we all underestimated Levis. All right. Levis can run the ball as well, okay? And he's a big body, you know, similar to Josh Allen. So I think he 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 should be picked up even in one quarterback leagues. You know, not sure he has to be started, but at least put him on your bench for now. This is a huge boost for anyone who got Levis late in Dynasty rookie drafts as well, right? This is, this is a, a big boost in value. So, you know, do what you want here, you know, in terms of like whether you want to sell him or not. Um, but you, at least you have something now, right? Um, yeah. Listen, if this actually turns into a good offense this year, Right, and then Levis actually turns out to be good. This would be a huge boost for Derrick Henry as well, right? The, the, the Titans already told him that they're not trading him, right? He got a bunch of carries in this game, high snap share in this game. This offense with Tannehill Hill has been absolutely terrible. Okay, so there is a <laughs> yeah. chance that you know if 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 you know he doesn't have to play this well, right? Like like he played today, like he played really good. 
Like he was like yeah. so comfortable. He was like pump faking. He's like pump faking downfield, <laughs> yeah. down downfield. Like and this is a good Atlanta secondary, right? Like they've been pretty good on the perimeter. That's one of the reasons why I was out on Hopkins this week because of the matchup, and on top of that, the quarterback situation going into right. the week. Now, quarterback situation might not be so bad. No, and I think part of why people were underestimating Levis, you know, we weren't expecting his performance was because they they said came coming into the performance they're like, oh well, Malik Willis and uh, Will Levis they're gonna like split snaps. It's gonna be like a platoon at quarterback. It's like I don't want to see Malik Willis on the field, you know, 15, 20 snaps, and Will Levis on the field, 15, 20 snaps. Like I wasn't sure exactly what to expect, and I think that threw a lot of people off too. If I knew Will yeah. Levis was going to play the full game, I'm not saying that I would have had him ranked anywhere near where he finished. But I'm going to say that I would have been at least a little bit more yeah. intrigued Agreed. by what we were going to get from him this week. And he comes out, he yeah. throws four touchdowns. Like, this is great. And what makes it so great and what makes it actually interesting and intriguing moving forward is that he looked 10 times better than anything we've seen from Ryan Tannehill over the past two years. Like, he looks so much more dynamic. He's youth. You know, he's not old man Tannehill who's just holding on to his career. And I don't want to throw Tannehill under the bus that much, but. You look at what Will Levis, Will, what Will Levis was doing. The deep ball was so on point, and you're throwing DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to look good, but every single time, like he was doing it, it looked Lamar Jackson esque. Like just flick. He wasn't yep. going past his ear. He was just like flicking it out there, and it would go and it has this high arc, spin forever in the air, and it would just literally. It looked like the receiver could just run out there, and someone would hand it to him. It just dropped right in the bucket every single time. And the same thing happened. He had a pass to Traylon Burks that was out of bounds. That was also a beautiful pass. So, like, he looks good, right? And I think you're on it. I think that you should definitely add him in one QB leagues, definitely in two QB, two QB leagues if he wasn't on any roster at this point. He has a chance to be startable in fantasy, and that's all you can really ask for right now. This is a guy that's come from completely off the map. He wasn't even an option a couple of weeks ago, not even – 24 hours ago we weren't even thinking about will levis being some fancy option moving forward now he has that so go get him so you know listen i fully admit can this be a flash in the pan game yes okay yeah but mm -hmm. i just want to lay out the possibilities here can Traylon burks also become fantasy relevant can chig okonkwo potentially be fantasy relevant okay have an open mind it could happen yeah keep those guys on your radar just saying that, okay. that's what it is just the difference and just to hit on again you mentioned like you think it's crazy sounds crazy yes it's because it is but it's also crazy because we didn't think there was any light at the end of the tunnel for the titans offense <laughs> now there is so don't give up completely full context i also picked up will levis in all my superflex leagues just saying all right, moving on. It seems as though Desmond Ritter uh, got benched in this game for Taylor Heineke, but according to Arthur Smith, he was not taken out for performance issues. Uh, it does sound ridiculous because everything that Arthur Smith says is ridiculous, but Ritter did get checked for a concussion early and was cleared, uh, but they didn't. They just chose to stick with Heineke, okay? So I think that's what he's referring to, but it seems like he thought that a concussed Ritter might play worse than a non-concussed Ritter, and I'm not sure if that would be the case. Um, it doesn't seem like there will be a quarterback change in week nine, if that's the case. It, it, I would assume that Desmond Ritter, they, he said that they have all the confidence in Ritter. I, I'm assuming that Ritter is going to be their week week nine starter. Yeah, and I guess that's okay. <laughs> you know, Taylor Heineke, he looked, he looked all right, but he looked like the Taylor Heineke that we know. I think either way, you're going to have Desmond Ritter or 
Taylor Heineke, whoever's in, they're going to support the offense the same way that the other is. You know, I don't think there's much of a change because Desmond Ritter, he moves a little bit. He has that mobility, but so does Taylor Heineke. Neither of them are great throwing the ball, but they're very similar quarterbacks, I feel like. So the change that would happen, even if there was a quarterback change, I don't think the situation around them would be altered really at all. You won't have to worry about it. And I think that Desmond Ritter, it's only – I think that if Taylor Heineke starts, you might have a slightly more stable fantasy production at quarterback if you would play, if that makes sense. Because Desmond Ritter yeah. turns the ball over so much. <laughs> and it's it, it's not always like interceptions. It's just like it kind of goes under the radar because he's dropping the ball all the time. He fumbles. He keeps fumbling. It, it's, it's just a mess. I'm not interested in starting either of these Falcons quarterbacks, but I think regardless of who's starting, you're going to be able to get the same production out of the supporting cast that you would with either of them. So I'm not worried about any change, even if it does happen. Keep an eye on Drake London's groin injury. He left the game in the third quarter. If he's out, you'd have to think that it would benefit Kyle Pitts, but it's also possible that someone like Kadaral Haas just ends up picking up more targets like he did in this game. Okay. Yeah. Because um, he's not a first round pick that they drafted, you know. And exactly. <laughs> you're you're not allowed to throw to first round picks if you play for Arthur Smith. Exactly. Uh Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet split work in this game. Okay. Walker was playing well, but Charbonnet was very involved. Like Walker had a huge like run, 50 yard run early in the game, and he was like, he didn't have a touch for like a, a like a quarter and a half after that. Um now Walker didn't practice earlier in the week, right? Two, two days in a row with a calf injury. My guess is that they decided to limit his touches a bit in this game. You know, it's also possible, though, that they wanted to work Charbonnet in more, right? That's a likely scenario as well. So, yep. you know, Charbonnet did look good in this game. So and he had some key runs. Um, so we'll see what the situation is moving forward. We, we did see something like this earlier in the year, but it, it just became Walker's show after that. So, you know, it could be either of these situations, but the fact that, he was, you know, a DNP twice Wednesday and Thursday this week. You know, leads me to believe that it's possible that it's because of that, and they just didn't want to overwork him in this game. Yeah, I, I like to think that's a solid rationale, and it makes sense. But I just also can't help but think that this is like the dream scenario that Pete Carroll's been cooking up ever since he took Zach Charbonnet. Yes, in the second round. Like I can't help but think that's like this is exactly what he was looking for. Where, <laughs> and much to the chagrin of us fantasy managers and players and all that stuff, you know, it's like he wants to have this committee backfield where there's two very good running backs that he can use. I'm surprised that Zach Charbonnet got this much run, but I'm also not surprised that he looked as good as he did. I, I just think that Kenneth Walker is still just a little bit higher on a higher level than Zach Charbonnet is right now. But the fact that they split work is definitely something worth noting. You did mention that I, I would also say, too, that, that Kenneth Walker was a little banged up coming to this one. So I think next week, if it goes back to Kenneth Walker, I wouldn't be surprised. But I would be surprised, I think, if this kind of sticks, this at least 50-50 yeah. split. Like, it, could Zach Charbonnet see a little bit more of an increase in workload? Sure. You know, but if it keeps along these lines of 50 50, I'm not I'm not going to be very happy about that. And there might be worry, a, a reason to worry about Kenneth Walker at that point. But until then, this, I'm still treating this backfield like I was. This was our worry coming into the year with Kenneth Walker. That Zach Charbonnet, yeah. you know, who's drafted early, would be very involved. We just haven't seen that. Is this the start of that? You know, maybe, maybe. we thought it was. I thought it was the start of that several weeks ago, like in week two. Um, and then it just went back to Walker. But will that happen again, or is Charbonnet going to be pretty involved here? We'll see. Summon a monitor moving forward. I'm still going to rank Walker as like a you know RB one play 
next week, right? But I'm going to be watching mm-hmm. for it for sure. Joe Burrow was looking real good in this game, man. He was back. Okay, I had him pretty high in my rankings. It panned out. 28 for 32 passing, 283 yards and three touchdowns. Jamar Chase, 10 for 100 and a touchdown. T. Higgins, 5 for 69 on six targets. This offense is back. Burrow is back. He was running around like he had no issues at all. Joe Mixon's back because this offense's back. Because this offense is back is, is what I'm trying to say. And it's what you want to see, unless you're a 49ers fan. Okay. The Bengals going into San Francisco, getting a huge win. They're back. Yeah, you, you can't say they're not. And this is what we were hoping we would see. Like, we were all cautiously optimistic, I think, coming into this game that this is the type of performance that we saw. And we did. So that's awesome. Joe Burrow's back. I, do you think we talked about it on this on the podcast last week? Do you think Joe Burrow is not comfortably in that QB1 conversation again? I know we said, like, yeah. maybe, maybe he'll be there. I, I think he's definitely there. And you mentioned Joe Mixon. That's great. <laughs> That's like a side note thing. We talked about Joe Burrow coming back, and Jamar Chase is back too because of that. But the fact that Joe Mixon is also back, he was just like hitting that ceiling. He couldn't break through it. Now suddenly he breaks through it because the offense is back. This is just uh, it's great to be back in fantasy land. You know, it's back to normalcy. Joe Burrow is going to be a QB1. Jamar Chase is going to be a wide receiver one. Joe Mixon is going to be a low-end RB1. I think we can kind of book that for the rest of the way as long as everybody stays healthy at this point and it was against the 49ers who granted they've been able to be you've been able to throw on them it's and i also talked about this just a little side note too it's interesting um nothing to do with fancy but it seems like whoever plays dallas and beats them is cursed with losing cardinals beat the cowboys they haven't won the niners beat the cowboys they haven't won just interesting just throwing that out there i think it's funny i'm not sure if that losing streak is going to continue, because I think the 49ers are good. But the fact that the Bengals were able to do that against a pretty good 49ers defense, like that gives you confidence that they're going to be able to keep this up the rest of the way. Yeah, man. Um, I had Joe Burrow as my QB six coming into the week. He's a QB four as it stands uh, right now, as of before the Sunday night football game. Javante Williams just got a huge boost in value. The, this is not a, a split backfield right now. 27 carries. The training wheel seemed to have come off. 30 total touches for him in this game. He caught a receiving touchdown. Huge for his value moving forward. If this type of share in the backfield continues, Jaleel McLaughlin and Samaji Piran only combined for nine touches. Uh, the Broncos ended up winning this game against the Chiefs in a huge upset against the, you know, like this is one of the biggest upsets of the year. He They played the Chiefs well twice this year. Uh, all the Chiefs players ended up underperforming this week, so don't take too much out of this game. Um, but this is this is very interesting, right, for Javante Williams moving forward. Yeah, and you have to upgrade him. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this workload. You know, I, I'll, I'll come out and just say that right away. Like I, I thought that Jaleel McLaughlin would keep getting or McLaughlin. I think that's how you pronounce it. We we had that discussion before. Um, I thought that he'd have a little bit more run. He did look good. You know, he had a couple runs. He looked good. He averaged just under, just over eight yards a carry. So he looks fine. But the fact that Javante Williams, 27 carries and that receiving touchdown, like you mentioned, it looks like he's going to be getting that workload that we've been pounding the table for since he's been in the league. You know, it's great to see. Now, the other thing that was interesting to me was that the fact that the Broncos won. I kind of had a feeling, and I'm not going to (laughs) say, it's easy to say in hindsight, but they said about Patrick Mahomes having like a flu game. They put him on the injury report and... 
Nate, that was like, you know, definitely giving credence to the Falcons situation <laughs> where they didn't say anything about B. John Robinson last week. They were just covering their bases, putting Patrick Mahomes on the injury report. They said he was dealing with the flu. Flu game didn't go how Michael Jordan's flu game went for Patrick Mahomes. But I just figured it looked like something was really off, and I think it might have been that. So, like you mentioned, I'm definitely giving the Chiefs a mulligan here. It's just tough because they lost to one of the worst teams in the league right now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, huge game from Gus Edwards in a good matchup. 19 carries for 80 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, great time to sell. Okay, this was a great matchup. He had a couple of good games already now, and now he gets Seattle and Cleveland next, which are not good matchups. Okay, so uh, I wouldn't expect a whole lot from Gus Edwards over the next two games, personally. Um Zay Flowers shit the bed in this one. You know, he got the targets, but didn't get the production. Only five catches for 19 yards. We have to have the conversation now. You know, is, is this a, a buy low opportunity once again, Zach? Or are we a little worried with his usage in terms of his average depth of target? Right. He's had a few games now with him not being able to produce down the field, you know, which keeps his targets high, but his yardage low. You know, the air yards have been there, you know, in certain games, but like it just go, it's kind of going up and down for the most part this year. Yeah, that's definitely a concern, and it sucks because this was a really good matchup for him. <laughs> I was expecting a lot more. The targets are there, and we can lean on the target share all that we want. I've been leaning on his target share for the past couple of weeks. Like He's been on my notes for all of our buy-sells uh, episodes for the past couple of weeks as a buy. But you mentioned the air yard share. Now it's, it's like rearing its ugly head again. How do you catch five balls and only have 19 yards? It's because he's not getting targeted downfield. The Ravens' offense... The passing offense wasn't great in this one. So I, I don't yeah. want to say that, like, Zay Flowers, if the offense, the passing offense is bad, I think it makes sense that he's going to have limited production. But 19 yards limited is a little bit drastic, especially when it's something that we've seen before. So I think you're on to something there with Zay Flowers. Maybe you don't buy him right now. You could still buy him. It's, it could still turn around. The target share is there. But maybe at this point we tone it down a little bit with that conversation because I'm not sure where the upside is going to be coming from if he's not getting those downfield targets. We've been saying that he should get those downfield targets. I still think he should get those targets, but he's not. And at this point, you know, you got to just kind of got to temper expectations at this point. He might not be the type of play that we want to be. He might be maxing out at a low wide receiver too until we see that number change. He has a couple tough matchups coming up too here. Um, Seattle, yep. Cleveland, Cincinnati. Uh, but the good thing is that they're all at home. Okay, so he gets a little bit of a boost there. But at the same time, the matchups are a little tough. Okay, right. over the next couple of weeks. On the Cardinal side of the ball, Amari Demarcado was the guy. 20 carries in this one. He didn't score, right? So you got a bunch of like, kind of like, you know, you got a bunch of carries, but no score. So that's not good. He also wasn't using the receiving game much. None of these running backs were targeted in this game. Uh, it was all wide receivers and tight ends. And speaking of tight end, my guy Trey McBride with the breakout game that we were anticipating, 10 catches for 95 yards and a touchdown on 14 targets. That accounted for 38% target share. That led the team by far. We're looking at someone who could be a tight end. You're starting the rest of the season. All right. We talked about making sure that you picked him up already. We pounded the table for him for you this week. And, you know, he's still available in a ton of leagues. He's only rostered in like 15% of leagues right now. Okay. So he's going to be a top waiver wire ad this week, maybe number one overall. Yeah. Go get him. 
And that's the bottom line. We talked about him kind of absorbing Zach Ertz's role, but Zach Ertz wasn't getting 14 targets. <laughs> Trey McBride, he, he he's very he's obviously a good talent. You know, you talked about that at length over the past year or so. You know, getting in, you went to Senior Bowl. We have that whole story on the last episode. I think you talked about that. But Trey McBride, he's going to be probably the second wide receiver op, not wide receiver, but second receiving option that you go to in this offense now. Kind of what Zach Ertz was doing already, but I think he might be actually an upgrade in terms of what he could do after the catch, all that kind of stuff, because he's younger and he's more of an athlete. It, it's just It was an interesting game because it was a really low-scoring game for the Cardinals until the last couple minutes, and it felt like the game went forever because they kept you know changing possession and scoring, but he definitely capitalized on that. I wasn't expecting 10 catches. Like I would have been happy with five or six, and he ended right. up with 10. So not like this... I don't think either of us were expecting this big of a, of a blow up, but he's no. on the map now and he's going to continue to be at this point. 100% man. So yeah, definitely go pick him up. Um, by the way, their head coach has already come out and said that Kyler Murray is not going to play next week, but he'll be potentially back the week after. Okay. So it's still going to be Josh Dobbs next week. Okay. Um, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. If you could subscribe to the podcast, Hit add, hit follow on the podcast app. That would mean the world to us. If you can leave a five-star review, that would be even better. But we appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow with the waiver Wire ads. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Have a great night. Bye-bye.